Stories from the Honky Moon Cafe, written and read by Barclay Johnson. Was there anyone there? Part one. As a keen gardener, Lucy Musgrave had already been a help with my small garden. Her and her husband Mark had recently moved into the old mill, which had a reputation for being haunted. We would often chat, but I was unprepared for what she shared with me one Sunday morning. She told me Mark was regularly being dragged out of their bed in the middle of the night. She'd also seen the duvet disappearing over the end of the bed. She woke her husband one night who then struggled to prevent it and again found himself on the floor. Mark was being an absolute rock, she said, but one afternoon she told me that her husband believed it to be the ghost of his first wife who had taken an exception to him marrying again. A week later, Lucy then told me that they'd arranged a visit from the vicar who'd carried out a blessing. The vicar had recommended praying together each night and had left a Robinson's bottle of holy water that they could use in an emergency. Whether they were to use the water inside or the outside merely as a club, she wasn't sure. I have to admit that I wasn't entirely convinced. But that changed when I heard that Mark had been taken to hospital after being pushed down the stairs. Lucy said Mark had told her that Diana, his deceased ex, had been appearing, dreamlike, and beckoning to him, and he, in a state of sleep, had followed. Several times he had just woken up at the top of the stairs, but this time he had turned to go back to bed when she, Diana, had pushed him down the stairs. Mark returned later in the day, the consultant having said he was lucky to have escaped with just a few bruises. I didn't see Lucy for some time, and had presumed Mark's ex, having had her fun, had moved on. I noticed that the couple had taken up jogging. I waved one morning when Lucy was on her own. Apparently Mark had suggested they see the local GP to explain everything, thinking that some medication might help. The doctor prescribed lots of exercise, reduce their intake of alcohol and eat less red meat. She said nothing about any events before jogging off in the direction of the mill. A week went by before I saw Lucy walking past looking more relaxed. They had been to see a medium and had attended a seance because Mark wanted to see the process to see if it might help. He's not convinced, but we might as well give it a go, she said, and explained that Marjorie, the medium, was paying them a visit that evening and was certain that afterwards their troubles would be over. I hung around the following morning, desperate to hear what had happened the night before. Eventually Lucy appeared and was just as keen to tell me as I was to hear. Well, she began, there was only Mark and I. Mark was still sceptical and didn't want anyone to know that this was going on. I was about to point out that Lucy had been keeping everyone well informed. Most of the village, if not most of the county, knew pretty well everything, but she continued... Mark arranged the room for the seance and found a small table in the barn which would be perfect once he tidied it up. Marjorie arrived about 8.30, said Lucy, and after the usual pleasantries, the three of us sat round the table, hands on the table facing upwards and fingertips touching. Marjorie was very particular about this. Mark said that as he might be the focus, he felt most comfortable facing the window, so that's where he sat. We had to be silent and dreadfully serious, Lucy said, and after a few minutes of sort of meditating, Marjorie asked if there was anyone there. She did this three times, and then I nearly had a heart attack. Would you believe it? There was an actual knock, meaning yes. 
It came directly from the middle of the table, no doubt. Mark looked as shocked as I. It made us both jump anyway. There were other questions about who was it and what did they want and all that kind of stuff. I can't remember very much as I was in a bit of a state. It was definitely Diana and I remember Marjorie said some poetry and asked politely that Diana trouble us no more. That was it. Another bit of meditating and then Marjorie left. That was the last conversation I had with poor Lucy. In fact, the last time I saw her. I was awoken just after midnight two days later with the sound of an ambulance and a kerfuffle that seemed to go on for an hour or more. I was collecting my paper in the morning when I heard Paul, the shopkeeper, say that Lucy had fallen down the stairs and had broken her neck. I was devastated. The funeral was a very private affair, but some of the locals, including myself, were invited to the mill afterwards. I did wonder if I might feel what they call a presence, but there was nothing. Too many people, perhaps. Mark was the sole beneficiary of Lucy's not inconsiderable estate. Her first husband owned a London advertising agency. After his death, Mark, who had been working as a voiceover artist, had been a comfort to her and, well, one thing had led to another. At the inquest, the vicar made a statement, as did the local GP, but they both avoided mentioning the ghost of an ex-wife, as it might have brought their own sanity into question. Marjorie, the medium, was not mentioned. The village, and the old mill especially, became quite an attraction. It was no surprise that Mark had decided to leave the mill and to rebuild his life elsewhere, probably abroad. Paul Goggin at the shop said that Mark would only be taking a few items with him. The rest, including most of the furniture, would go, and did I know of anyone? I dropped a note in at the mill, telling Mark I knew someone trustworthy who could do a clearance for a fair price. Soon, the mill was vacant and up for sale. Occasionally, an agent would arrive to show someone round. It was while I was watching a particularly lurid American couple that the phone rang. It was from the dealer that had bought Mark's furniture, and, as I used to be in the business, I might be interested in something that he'd found regarding a small table. Luke, he said. Under table. On the underside of this small table was fitted a sort of knocker. How peculiar was my reaction. Right in the middle of the table. And it hit me like a train. And not a single carriage affair. This was a full-on London to Edinburgh Express. Was it then all fake? And if it was, what could I do?